Well, I want to talk to you tonight. God specifically gave me a series that I'm going to be doing, and uh, it's called Get Tough. Hallelujah. It's called Get Tough. And we're just going to address one aspect of that tonight, and we're going to talk about Get Tough to Persecution. Hallelujah. Now, I kind of wrestled with this because the Holy Spirit just gave Kevin a song on favor. And we're singing, we're singing about favor. But what the Lord showed me was is that He wants us to establish our faith that we have the favor of God. He wants us to establish ourselves in favor. He wants us to use our faith, not for the persecution. He wants us to establish our faith that the favor of God is on us. And no matter what comes, that we don't let ourselves be shaken concerning that favor. Amen? Hallelujah. I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit is telling me, and He's been telling me for a while now, that persecution is coming to the church. And the persecution is coming because of the awesome things that God's going to do in the church. Amen. There's, he's fixing to pour out some things. And I'm telling you, with miracles, with signs, with wonders, is persecution. I tell you, there's persecution will come uh, to, a, to the church that has those things. Persecution comes from the religious side. Hallelujah. Uh, when there's many healings, don't kid yourself. When God begins to heal like He's going to heal in these last days, where, whole, where, where, he, where, where, you, where when doctor's offices have three patients to see that day, because so many people in Tuscaloosa County are getting healed, don't doubt it, there will be persecution. Anytime you get into somebody's pocketbook, persecution is going to rise up. Not everybody's going to be rejoicing. And they will say all manner of evil things about. Now, and, and you know, when, when you know, it doesn't matter what God does for you, somebody's going to be a naysayer. Hallelujah. You've probably experienced some persecution in the past. I had a dream a few nights ago, and I didn't relate it because of, to this, but um, in my dream, it was just as clear as a bell. I w we were in a house. Lots of people were there with us, and we, it was my house, and we were fellowshipping. I don't really know what we were doing, but we it was in the morning, and we looked out, and there was Islamic like Islamic type people in our driveway bowing down. You know how they get on their knees and bow down and doing their kind of praying in my driveway. And, and when we looked out, police or sheriffs were, were putting handcuffs on some of them and dragging them off. And then later we looked out and they were back in our driveway praying and there was people with us. And I was sitting on the sofa and something, and man, it was great on me. Those people out there in my driveway praying, it was great on me. And I tell you, and, 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 and it's like I realized, I said, I thought to myself, they're praying against us. They are praying against us. And something came up out of my mouth. It came up out of my mouth. And I said, I cancel every prayer they're praying against us and I say in Jesus name uh, leave my property and the people that were with me spontaneously without any without anybody saying to began to pray in tongues everybody in the room began to pray in tongues and we prayed in tongues just for a minute and then we started to praise God we just praised God and when we turned and looked they were running they were running 
And so I told my husband about it, I told the pastor about it the next morning. And then just a few days later, the Lord dealt with me to teach on persecution. Amen. And you know, I didn't even think about the dream. And then after I prepared the whole sermon on persecution, I remembered the dream. Hallelujah. So God's wanting us to get prepared and to get tough ahead of time where persecution is concerned. Let's turn in to Acts chapter 1, and I'm going to look, I'm going to read a several scriptures, a lot of scriptures tonight from the Amplified Bible. So if you don't want to turn or if you just want to write them down, and then uh, I know sometimes it's harder to follow in the Amplified, but I believe that the it'll be worth it to read from the Amplified Bible about persecution. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, I mean, excuse me, Acts chapter 8. I don't know what I'm... Acts chapter 8, verse 1. I'll get there, I'll get there. And Saul was not only consenting to Stephen's death, he was pleased and entirely approving. They get happy about this persecution stuff. And that day, a great and severe persecution. Say, great and severe a great and severe persecution broke out against the church which was in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles, special messengers. A party of devout men with others helped to carry out and bury Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul shamefully treated and wasted and waste had but Saul shamefully treated and laid waste the church continuously with cruelty and violence and entering house after house he dragged out men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered abroad went about through the land from place to place preaching the glad tidings, the word, the doctrine concerning the attainment through Christ of salvation in the kingdom of God. I'll tell you the end result of persecution was good. Hallelujah. They went and they preached the gospel. And that's the answer to persecution. When persecution comes, don't be stopped. Just preach the gospel more. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we're going to come into a time of great persecution again for the church. Now, the church has been relatively not in a time of persecution. I know that we have encountered persecution. And you have had some persecution and but you know we would have to say if we were honest that our persecution compared to what they experienced here in Acts chapter 1 that we just read was pretty light persecution that we've had light persecution you know we've had our feelers hurt or our feelings hurt a little bit sometimes do you know what I'm saying but it's time for us to get tough where persecution is concerned, and to know how to handle persecution when it comes. So we're to get prepared. First of all, the Lord does not want us to be devastated by persecution. He does not want you to be caught off guard. That's why He's telling you ahead of time. Amen? He doesn't want us to be caught off guard. And you know, I found that a lot of times persecution surprises us. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying. Number two, he wants us to handle persecution right. I mean, we got to handle this in a godly fashion. We can't get out our shotgun and say, I'm going to deal with persecution. How many of you know that's right? Hallelujah. But we've got to handle it in a godly fashion. We can't lose our victory over what other people do. And so the third thing is he wants us to be victorious over it, to overcome the persecution. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> we're going to look at some scriptures about persecution, just some different things that the Word says about it. Verse 20, and uh, 
This also is accounted the same account. Well, actually, we'll read that. Uh, Matthew 13, verse 20. As for what was sown, this is where he talks about the sower sows the word. The sower sows the seed. And as for what was sown on, on thin rocky soil, this is he who hears the word and at once welcomes and accepts it with joy, yet it has no real root in him, but is temporary, inconstant, lasts but a little while, and when affliction or trouble or persecution comes on account of the word, it comes at once he is a cause to stumble. He is repelled and begins to distrust and desert, and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey, and he falls away. So here the scripture tells us that one reason that persecution comes is it comes because of the word. Sometimes you're persecuted uh, just because you believe the word. And sometimes you can be believing the word for something and speaking the word and the devil will use somebody don't even know you're in the word to persecute you. The, de the devil sends persecution because of the word and he sends it to steal the word out of your heart. And if you're like this man, the Bible says in King James, he had no root in himself. He wasn't very deep in his commitment to God. His roots didn't go very deep down into the word. Now he had heard the faith message. He had heard the message of the good news. And oh man, he was the, he was the cheerleader of the church. Immediately the Bible says he received it with gladness. Man, hallelujah. This faith, man, you don't know how many people I know that started with us in 1980 with the faith message, hallelujah, did you hear what? Praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. Man, they were as excited as we were, but having no root in themselves, and immediately when persecution or trouble or tribulation came because of the word's sake, they were offended, the King James says. They were offended and fell away. I liked what the Amplified said there. I don't like it, but I mean, I think it's interesting. It says, um, comes on account of the word. At once he is caused to stumble. He is repelled and begins to distrust and desert him whom he ought to trust and obey, and he falls away. He begins to distrust the pastor. He begins to distrust. He begins to distrust the very people he ought to be trusting. He ought to be obeying. And why? All because persecutions come. And he's just not tough. He doesn't have a root in himself. He's not strong in the Word of God. Plus, he was probably caught off guard. Just thought, you know, a lot of times people hear this faith message and they think it's going to be Praise God, never going to have another trial, never going to have another day where the money's not right, going to be rich from here on out, going to be a millionaire by the end of next year. Oh Hallelujah. I've heard that more than once. You know, I tell you, Pastor, we're just holding out for, for the big stuff because it's just coming. I mean, it's just right around the corner. Hallelujah. Persecution comes when you begin to speak the word concerning finances. You're going to have to stand your ground. Persecution comes when you begin to stand, speak the word concerning your health. Persecution comes. You are going to have to stand your ground. Hallelujah. You're going to have to be tough. And I'll tell you something. Persecution a lot of times comes through people. Most of the time it does. But it also comes in other ways. It comes, you know, it comes by bills. In fact, let me read you some things. I wrote down some forms of persecution. Um, sometimes people are rude to you. That can be persecution. They can be unmannerly to you. They can leave you out. Ignore you. They can gossip about you. 
They can say ugly things directly to you. Hallelujah. They can be disloyal to you. That's persecution. They can be, it can even get to physical, even down to spitting and hitting. You know, Pastor Eric West said, man, since I've been a preacher, I've been spit on. I've been cussed at. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. They can, be, uh, they can lie about you. Just tell bald face, flat out lies. Hallelujah. They can reject you. None of us like to be rejected. Hallelujah. They can curse you. I'm talking about use foul language to you, about you, to your face. Hallelujah. And you know what really hurts is when it's a Christian that does it. Man, if we pulled up in front of the bar down here to the crimson whatever or whatever it is, you know, and, we, and some old drunk come out that we knew was a sinner, and if he cussed us out and gave us a naughty sign and all that kind of stuff, we wouldn't think nothing about it, would we? I just give, give me strength. You know, I'm down down the interstate. I have had men in pickup trucks, and you could tell they were saying all manner of stuff. And I'm like, so what? But what hurts us is when it's a Christian. When we've stood behind, by them in church, we've praised God with them, we've cried with them. You know, David said, I could have understood it if it had been my enemy, but it was my brother. And in David's case, how about your son? His son Absalom turned on him. Praise God, not praise God, but hallelujah, praise God anyway. Amen. They pass over you for promotions and raises. That is persecution for the word's sake. And sometimes it even comes to the point, and we read this in the Bible all the time, stoning and death. How many of you know Stephen was being persecuted? Hallelujah. Do you all understand that? And so those are some of the things, and not all of them. That's all I could think of. Actually, that's all I wanted to think of. I didn't want to, I didn't want to try to think of any more ways that the devil could get to us. Praise God. Mark chapter 4, uh, same uh, account of the sower sowing the Word. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all aren't bored, are you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're getting prepared. We're getting prepared because I'm telling you, hallelujah, good things are coming to the church. But let me tell you, how many of you think the devil's going to lay down and just take it? How many of you think he's, the devil's going to like it? He's mad already, isn't he? Well, he's going to get madder before he gets gladder. He'll never, in fact, he'll never get glad. It's just going to get, his, his end is coming near, 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 and it's, it's bad. His end is bad. Hallelujah. Mark 4, verse 16. We have to be prepared. And it says, In the same way, the ones sown upon stony ground are those who, when they hear the word, at once receive and accept and welcome it with joy. Hallelujah. And they have no real root in themselves. And so they endure for a little while. You know, we shouldn't be surprised when we see people come and go in the church. Some people only endure for a little while. In fact, if you read this account in Mark chapter 4, only 25% are really good ground and hang on. There was, there was four kinds of ground, right? And three of them was bad. 75% of it was bad. Hallelujah. So they only endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises, how many of you know it's going to? Why should we be surprised? Persecution and trouble is going to arise on account of the Word. And they immediately are offended. They immediately are offended, become displeased, indignant, resentful, and they stumble and fall away. 
Hallelujah. Persecution coming because of the Word's sake. Some persecution comes simply because of the Word. Uh, turn to Acts 13, and we'll read verse 50. It says, But the Jews stirred up the devout women of high rank and the outstanding men of the town and instigated persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their boundaries. It says it was, the, it was the devout women. That sounds like they were religious, doesn't it? Of high rank and, and the outstanding men of the town. Hallelujah. Somebody stirred them up and they persecuted, didn't they? I'm turned to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read this in the King James. Just kind of like it better there. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Timothy. We have to be ready. We have to be prepared. We have to get tough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you know, probably ought to preach this on Sunday morning because it's the tough that come to Wednesday night church. Hallelujah. Y'all don't tell them I said that. Oh, I don't care. Go ahead. Second Timothy chapter. Well, it is. It's the tough that come when there's a hurricane. Hallelujah. It's the tough. You know, some people, are y'all going to cancel church? Never. We're not going to cancel church. We may cancel a ladies' meeting. Ladies' meetings are optional. But Sunday morning, Sunday night, hurricanes are not. You know, tornadoes are not. You know, sandstorms. Hallelujah. Lights out. The lights are out. We just open windows and doors. And, you know, now I don't know about lights out at night. We'll figure out some. Pastor says we're putting a generator in as soon as possible. ASAP. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. Oh, thank God for His favor. You know, speaking of persecution, you're going to encounter some. There's going to be some. But as we believe God for favor, for every one person that persecutes you, there's ten that God uses to pour His favor on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. It says, uh, <clears throat> uh, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions. He said, you know about my persecutions. Afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Say that with me. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All, did y'all hear that? Every person, all. All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You got two choices here. You can either live godly, have persecution. The other choice is to be ungodly. You won't have any persecution, but you're going to get judgment if you do that. So I'd rather have the persecution, wouldn't you? And live godly in Christ Jesus. Turn to John chapter 15 and verse 18. This is a familiar scripture to you. John 15, 18. Jesus said, If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Listen, Jesus said, If the world hates me, it's going to hate you. Hallelujah. you got Jesus inside of you. You're wall-to-wall Jesus. There's no way for the world to love you because they hated Jesus. They're going to hate you. Well, they're going to hate you. Why are they going to hate me, Debbie? Well, the one thing they hate is that your very presence brings them under conviction. You wonder why you get persecuted at work sometimes? When you're nice to those people, 
<laughs> You're nice to those people. Some, you know why? Because you make them convicted of their sin. You don't have to say anything. It's the Holy Spirit in you. Even if you never mention God, you never mention Jesus, the Holy Spirit in you, bring them under conviction. And you know what? They'll fight that conviction. And in the fighting of the conviction, they fight you and don't even know why. Many times. Many times that's what will happen. Hallelujah. It's true. It's true. You bring them under conviction. You make them uh, uncomfortable. Hallelujah. They're uncomfortable with their cigarette in front of you. They are. They're uncomfortable with that. They, 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 I know we went to camp meeting. I know you're not supposed to, these things aren't supposed to happen at camp meeting. Uh, you know, Brother Hagen's camp meeting. And I went to the bathroom. And this was like 1982. And I went to the bathroom. Went in the ladies' bathroom like during the middle of the service. And there was nobody in there but one lady. I walk in, she starts repenting and talk, telling me, talking to me about her cigarettes. Like, I don't know you, lady. I don't care. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I was kind of new in this thing, and like, I didn't know what to say to her. And, you know, now it might, but boy, I tell you. And you know, she wasn't persecuted. That, that was a better reaction. That's not persecution. But see, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit just walk in the room. Of course, there was convicting power of the Holy Spirit all over that building. Amen. Hallelujah. She was not. Uh, and the Holy Spirit convicting her, wanting her to do something about that. Not trying to condemn her, but wanting her to do something about it. Okay. Um, the Lord gave me some things for you to do to handle persecution. And I'm going to give them to you. The first thing is don't get too excited about it. Well, and I don't mean excited in a good way. I know you can't get real excited about it. But in other words, don't get all bent out of shape over persecution. You have to realize that it's common to man. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Remember, he said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I know this is kind of a little bit out of context, but it applies. It says, There hath no temptation or trial or tribulation, we could say, or persecution taken you, but such as is common to man. Listen, family, you're not the first one. Sometimes we get to being, feeling sorry for ourselves. Like I'm the only one that's ever had to suffer anything like this. No, it's common to man. And the Bible says here that um, in, in this verse it says, But God is faithful. God's faithful to you. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, or tried, or tested, or persecuted, but will with but will with this also make a way to escape. He'll make a way for you to get out of it. He'll make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. God's going to make a way for you. This is common to man, and Jesus is smarter than the devil. The devil may pull all sorts of persecutions on you, but Jesus is smarter. Hallelujah. And God will make a way out of this for you. He'll make a way out of it. He'll bless you in spite of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the second thing is, and we talk about this, don't take it personal. And remember, it's for the Word's sake. And put the pressure on the Word. This is all one. Remember, don't take it personal. It's for the Word's sake. Remember, it's because the Word of God that's inside of you. In other words, it's not you they're after, it's Jesus in you. 
Amen? It's the Word of God specifically inside of you. I've noticed people that don't have a lot of Word in them don't, re- don't draw a lot of persecution. I've noticed people that aren't bold with the Holy Ghost don't draw a lot of fire. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? The bolder you are, the more of the Word that you've got inside of you, and the more the Word you've got inside of you, the bolder you're going to be. The more persecution is going to come your way. But it's not you. It's the Word in you. And don't take it personal. In other words, don't get offended. Don't get, you know, just kind of let it run off of you like water off of a duck's back. Amen. Now, Pastor and I have encountered some persecution. I don't want to tell you a lot of sob stories, and I admit this is light persecution compared to what the early church suffered and what the church in the underground church in China suffers and the church in Russia suffers. This is light persecution. But you know you're going to encounter sometimes when you begin to get full of God and try to step out and start obeying His Word, sometimes your family will persecute you. They persecute you because you bring them under conviction. They persecute you because they are selfish. They want you for themselves doing, doing, they don't want to share you. They don't want to let you go to Alabama and preach the word. They want you there with them to be at their beck and call. They want you to be there when they get old so you can take care of them. It's selfishness. They don't have, they're not trusting in the Lord. They're putting their trust in, in, you know, in, in their kids. Hallelujah. Instead of in the Lord, knowing God would take... You know, God would not take a a mother's son and send him to the other side of the earth and leave that mother without care, would He? Because God's a good God. God is not unjust or unjust. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't leave me without support. He wouldn't leave me without care. If my sons have to go to China to minister the Word, He'll take care of Debbie. Amen. He'll say, he may raise me up another son. He may give me, you know, hallelujah. You remember Jesus on the cross turned to John and said, John, look here, this is your mother. Remember? In other words, hey, this is your assignment. Take care of my mother. She just became your mother. Remember? Hallelujah. See, God, God's got all sorts of people lined up in line to take care of. But sometimes family can get bent out of shape over what you're doing for God. Also, fear causes them to persecute you. Man, they got over there, they're in that cult. How, it used to be worse. In the 60s and 70s and 80s when we got in this stuff, now it's pretty common to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues. I mean, everybody, and they're doing it on TV now. But man, Tongues. I remember one time my dad said the word charismatic, and I went, "What?" I said, "What does that mean?" You know. But now those kind of things are pretty common. Not as much persecution about them, but sometimes if your parents don't know about these things, they'll try to persecute you, your parents and your loved ones. Hallelujah! And so uh, you got to toughen up. You can't change your plans because mama don't like it. You can't change what the Holy Ghost has spoken to you because mama don't like it. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? There comes a time when we honor our father and mother but, and we obey them, but when we come, there's a certain age we reach where we, where, where we begin to just honor. Hallelujah. Lord, you know what I'm saying? And you can be honoring and not do everything they say. 
Hallelujah. And you know, a lot of, there's been times now through the years because we left the family farm. And we were, you know, it was kind of one of those things everybody was going to farm. And, and this is going to pass down through the generations. See, sometimes mamas and daddies get dreams that aren't birthed in God. And they try to put what they, their, their call, their, their life, and they want to pass that down. You know, the daddy wants the son to be a lawyer. And the son wants to go be an artist. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and, uh, or the daddy wants the son to be a farmer. Instead, he goes and be a preacher. A preacher? They're poor. I mean, that's what a lot of daddies think. Well, they're poor. And besides, I'm on the deacon board, and I know I give the one we've got hell, so I know you're going to have hell, right? I mean, isn't that a lot of times what they, you know, they're, they're like, oh, God, I know what we do to ours. We kill them in our church. Hallelujah. We, we bring them to, to this little town in Texas, and we make them or break them. I tell you, when they leave here, it's always a promotion. It doesn't matter where it's at. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why they all stay one year. You know, really. I'm true. I'm being honest here. I'm not making a joke. This is this is how it is. Uh and and, uh, and so because of that, it's like I wouldn't want that for my son. I wouldn't want that. And you know, and a mama it doesn't want that her daughter married to a preacher. I wanted you to be a rich farmer. You know, and I wanted my grandkids here with me. And so many times there can be, and y'all encounter some of these same things. Here's one. I want you to go to church We're here with me and daddy. I want all my kids and all my grandkids right here in the church together. You know, you encounter some of those things. Hallelujah. Maybe you didn't. If you didn't, well, hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But some of us, now you, some of you raised Pentecost, and Mama and Daddy was Pentecost. Y'all don't know what we, the price some of us paid to come and and get quit being Baptist to be Pentecost. I mean, they we lived in a town of 2,500 people. They lied. They lied about us. They had people, we had a Bible study on Thursday night. They had people parked out the curb. They began to send the deacon. One, the deacon started taking turns coming on Thursday night to see what we were teaching. Hallelujah. There was some persecution. It was hot. It was getting, and you know, the people will lie. People will lie to save their own hide. Man, the pastor in that church in Seagraves, Texas, he got nervous. Boy, he was getting nervous, and he started making things up out of the Word, things he didn't even believe. But he, man, he was in, he was in hot water. And it's like, he said, man, you know, women aren't supposed, he said, well, yeah, I can't deny the Holy Ghost and you might go to hell for that. So I won't say that's wrong, but I tell you, women don't receive it. We're going, oh yeah, who was in the upper room? I mean, that's what they, you know, it's just, man, we were, they were just grasping at straws. Then I know it was light persecution. Actually, it didn't even affect us too much, but it was persecution. And you know, sometimes your parents will say things to you. And, and you know what? One thing Pastor and I had to learn is because they're hurt and because they're scared and because um, they don't, they're not talking out of their heart, they're talking out of their head. You know, sometimes people will say things to you because they're hurt and because they're scared. And man, it's ugly. It hurts. I mean, we've had people say, you know, we've actually had parents say, you're not my son anymore because you're not going to. But you know what? We went home. And we just didn't let we just let it run off of us. We didn't let it keep us going. We didn't get offended. We just kept going. Why? Because we said, you know, it's their head speaking, not their heart. We knew that in our their heart, our parents loved us, but they were scared. Hallelujah. And so, uh, 
You just got to keep on, just keep on going. Amen? Hallelujah. <clears throat> Number three, uh, uh, guard your heart and don't let offense or bitterness in. It will rob you. You know, Hebrews 12, 15 says to be real careful. You can write that scripture down. We won't turn to it. But it says, lest a root of bitterness spring up inside of you and defile every... You know what? When you get a root of bitterness inside of you, it defiles you. But I got news for you, and I have watched this over and over. It defiles everybody around you. You are meaner than a junkyard dog when you get bitterness or a root of bitterness inside of you. Amen? And so you got to guard your heart against that and not let bitterness come in. Just, you know, really acting quickly, not nursing. Oh, he said this and she said that. And can you believe they said it to us? And, you know, and, you know, nursing all that stuff, but immediately getting in there and forgiving all of it. You know, if you nurse around on this stuff for a month or two months or six months, oh, it's hard to get out. But if you'll just, just cast, praise God, cast off the hallelujah, they didn't mean it. They didn't mean it. Catherine Kuhlman, they said, you know, she has the awesome ministry. And they said, you know, awesome ministry. One thing you're going to get persecuted about when you have an awesome ministry like Catherine Kuhlman is everybody else that doesn't have that big awesome ministry is jealous. And so, uh, I think we ought to make them jealous around here, don't you? But anyway, so far nobody's jealous. Hallelujah. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, they said, you know, they would say horrible, horrible things about her. And they said her staff would come to her and say, say well, you know, what are you going to do about what they said? Aren't you going to do something about it? And she'd say, you know, we're going to do something. We're just, we're just going to forget it. We're going to forget they ever said it. We're going to, actually what she said is we're going to pretend like they never said it. You know, and that's what you need to do. If, you're, if your parents are persecuting you or your brothers and sisters persecuting you because of the faith stance that you've taken, well, then just pretend they're not and just keep loving them. Amen? And then uh, the second, fourth thing is don't let your heart be wounded. Don't let your heart be wounded. Now, you know, sometimes there's a time to say, man, they're talking out of their head, not their heart. And man, we just keep on going. We don't ever let it stop us. We still call. We still love. We still just... But then there's sometimes when, and the Holy Spirit has to lead you, when it's like, okay, I'm removing myself from this situation. I don't love you less. I'm not punishing you. I'm not, I'm not angry. I've forgiven you. But I am not going to go and subject myself to your junk. Because, I mean, we have gone, and we had to learn this, we have gone time, at times to family things when there was persecution. My husband, and they don't live here, so I can say this, he had a brother involved in some pretty bad sin, and he dealt the whole family misery at every special occasion. He found, I mean, it, there was persecution. You know how when people are playing jokes, but it passes the thing of being funny? I mean, you couldn't get up from the table or salt would be in your tea. Given in Christmas. We're supposed to be having a joyous family occasion here. I mean, we have actually had, and you know, I don't, please don't send this tape to, uh, uh, but you know, <laughs> and of course, every farmer has his soul is coming loose from his shoe right here, his boot, you know, <laughs> right here, right here. And they, he would stick a knife in there and then under the table with a knife. It's just persecution, is all it is. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, you know, we laughed about it. The kids all laughed about it. Hallelujah. Now, this, this brother, he's now gone through rehab. And for about a year and a half ago, my kids, for the first time in their whole life, saw this uncle when he wasn't high on something. You know, Amen. when he wasn't hopped up on something. Everybody's getting, I mean, everybody gets silent when you start talking about your family. Like, oh my God, she's talking about her family. Well, as long as you don't send the tape, we're all safe. <laughs> Amen. And I'm not giving you the address. Hallelujah. And I, I mean, we love these people. We've walked through it for 20 something years. But you know, there was some persecution involved. Why? They're living a life of sin. You know, you got, a, you got a brother in this town that's doing drugs, dealing drugs, and then 18 miles over here, his brother is pastoring a church. How many of you know there's some fireworks and some clash in that? Hallelujah. There can be. So, <clears throat> well, you gotta, you got to don't let your heart be wounded. Sometimes you need to remove yourself. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it proceed the issues of life. And so you need to guard your heart. Mike Murdoch says, go where you're celebrated. Go where you're celebrated. Hallelujah. Go where you're celebrated. So you don't have to keep subjecting yourself to ungodly persecution. Hallelujah. Somebody get in there with me. Number five, remember true riches. How do you deal with persecution? Remember the true riches. Yeah, Mark 10, 29. Let's turn there. Mount Mark 10, 29. Now, hallelujah. Man, I tell you, in Alabama, when you start talking about family, you just done gone out there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But I tell you, your highest loyalty, I might as well just go ahead and just string the noose up here. Your highest loyalty, whether, whether the South likes it or not, is not to your blood family but it's to Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, and the Word of God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Mark 10, 29 says, and this is all talking about persecution. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake in the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold. Say a hundredfold. I think sometimes we try to claim the hundredfold based on this scripture. But this scripture is for people that have left houses and lands and mothers and fathers. And some people have had to. I know there's been Jewish people that became Messianic Jews and got saved. And their family held a funeral. They are put out of that family. They literally had to be disowned, had to leave their family in order to be Christians. Hallelujah. And there's been many people uh, uh, have to deal with this uh, in the body of Christ. I, I can name you at least three or four preachers right off the top of my head who became preachers and the wife didn't want to go that route. I can think of one Baptist preacher that we had when we were in that little town that, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't blame her. I wouldn't want to be one either after he was there. And it was after he was there that she didn't want to be a preacher's wife. And it's like she wanted him to be a lawyer. When she married him, she wanted him to be a lawyer. And he became a preacher instead. 
He's not, he doesn't have that wife anymore. I don't know all the circumstances, but there's been more than one man, more than one woman. I can think of a woman, Vicki Jamison Peterson. He don't want to go. And now she's Vicki Jamison Peterson. Then she was Vicki Jamison, really pretty famous. Does anybody know her? Does anybody ever heard of Vicki Jamison? Only two people in the whole room. Forget that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, she's famous. Hallelujah. Anyway, and uh, he didn't, he wouldn't make the turn. He wouldn't make, she had to follow the call of God on her life. Ed Dufresne, I mean, uh, we can just go down the list of the, of the, the ministers who, Norval Hayes, first wife, wouldn't, wouldn't make the turn. Just couldn't, no man having left. Houses, lands, wives, husbands, fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, for my sake in the Gospels, <clears throat> he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. He's going to get it back. They're going to get it back. What? Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions. If you notice there, the only thing he didn't say he was going to give you a hundredfold back of was wives and husbands. Uh, well, I think the reason is, is you know, this is, uh, uh, well, this is Mark. You know, I started saying, well, if Paul wrote this, we know, no, no. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and in the world with persecutions. See, all of the, the, many times the reasons that you have to leave these people, why? Is because, is because of persecution. And there's persecution. How many of them, they lie? Man, a lot of times they lie against you. I'm thinking of Richard Roberts right now. Man, I tell you, they told every lie in the book about that man. You know, oh, I tell you, they write books about you. Your ex writes a book about you. Right? How many of you want your ex to write a book about you? And put it in the print. Everything you did wrong. I mean, and just said everything but good about the... Oh, the whole Roberts family came under persecution. Hallelujah. I know y'all are looking at me like I'm well, I'm like I'm gossiping or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, besides all that, this stuff is uh, way in the past. This is old news. I'm telling y'all, I'm not telling you anything tonight that's not way old news. Way oh way back. Way oh way, way, way back. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> And then, uh, um, so remember the true riches. You have the body of Christ. I mean, if your family forsakes you, you have the body of Christ. Psalm 27.10 says, When father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The Lord will take me up. You know, sometimes people get embarrassed. They get embarrassed. You know, the people that took a stand in the civil rights movement, there was white people that took a stand for that movement. They took a stand with Martin Luther King. There were white people. I'm telling you, their families got embarrassed. Their families persecuted them. Their families got embarrassed about that. Amen? Do you know what I'm saying? And so when you follow God, sometimes family's going to get embarrassed. You say, well, mine never has. Well, you may not have done anything yet. Yours may be coming. Your persecution may be coming. Now, you know, John G., like we've been talking about healings and all the healings that are going to take place in Spokane when he had the healing rooms and 100,000 people got healed in those healing rooms over a three- or four-year period. I can't remember exactly how long it was. And, uh, but you know what? There were all sorts of, uh, of uh, I don't know if it was lawsuits or anyway, he got, uh, what did they call it when they file charges anyway, for practicing medicine without a license. They filed on him for practicing medicine without a license. That's persecution. Hallelujah. 
The devil doesn't like it. Okay. Man, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you have the body of Christ. Remember the true riches. You have the body of Christ. You have the word of God. You have uh, you have spiritual fathers. You have a spiritual father here. And you have a spiritual mother here. If your mother forsakes you, that's okay. I'll be your mother. Amen. Hallelujah. And and and, and we have we have the body of Christ. When father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Glory to God. We have true riches. Remember, we have true riches. I don't care what they do to you. I mean, in 1985, we had some people do some bad things to us. Well, our pastor called us and he said, Michael, you got the anointing on the inside of you. And they can't take that away from you. I was thinking the other day, I have job security. You know why I have job security? I have job security. You know why? Because I got my job right down here on the inside of me. I'm telling you what, no matter what they do to me, I'll just go on a street corner and preach. Hallelujah. I got job security. They can't take it away from me and pastor. If they lock us up like Paul, what did Paul do when they locked him up? He preached. You know, John, they got so mad at the, 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 the apostle John. They said, man, we got to shut him up. We got to put him where he can't affect anybody. And so they took him to the Isle of Patmos, an old rocky island. And they put him where he didn't affect anybody, right? What did he do on the Isle of Patmos? What did he do? And what did he do with that vision? He wrote the whole book of Revelation. Do you think they kept John from affecting anybody? Or is John affecting some people 2,000 years later? Isn't he? Man, he still lives, doesn't he? He's still affecting people. Hallelujah. They can't take it away from us. They can't take it out of us. Uh, Remember this, number six, and this goes along with that. Remember, you're right and the devil's wrong. You're right and the devil's wrong. Ephesians 6.12 says, You don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against... You know who you're wrestling with? Powers, principalities. You're wrestling with the devil if we want to just shorten it. Amen. And you're right. You're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. And you're right even when you're wrong because you're righteous. See, you didn't get your righteousness based on what you did right and wrong. It was imputed to you or uh, granted to you. It was given to you as a free gift. So you're righteous even when you're wrong. You're always right. The devil's always wrong. He can't be right. He can't be right. And so you've got to remember you're right and he's wrong. Hallelujah. Remember, number seven, you're in good company. When you get persecuted, don't think you're the only person. Just turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Hebrews 11. You're in good company. The worse the persecution gets. Now, none of us like it. All of us want to be liked. How many of you want to be liked? How many of you just say, I don't want to be liked? I want nobody. Well, some people act like they don't want anybody to like them. (laughs) But no, no, all of us want to be liked. You know, people that act like they don't want anybody to like them are acting that way because they want you to like them and they're afraid you won't like them. So they got this thing all twisted in their mind. They're, they reject you for you can reject them. You know what I'm saying? Hebrews chapter... <coughs> Hebrews, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 32. 
And what shall I say further, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon. He's doing the Faith Hall of Fame here. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by the help of faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouth of lions, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped the devourings of the sword, out of frailty and weakness won strength and became stalwart, even mighty and resistless in battle, routing alien hosts. Some women received again their dead by a resurrection. Others were tortured to death with clubs, refusing to accept release, offered on the terms of denying their faith, so that they might be resurrected to a better life. Others had to suffer the trial of mocking and scourging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were lured with tempting offers to renounce their faith. They were sawn asunder. That means took a saw and sawed them in two. They were slaughtered by the sword while they were alive. They had to go about wrapped in the skins of sheep and goats, utterly destitute, oppressed, cruelly treated, men of whom the world was not worthy. You are in good company. The world was not worthy of them and the world is not worthy of you. Why? Because of you? No, because Jesus is inside of you. Roaming over the desolate places and the mountains and living in caves and caverns and holes of the earth. And all of these, though they won divine approval by means of their faith. Hallelujah. Say one divine approval. When you are persecuted and you stand up under it and you don't buckle to it and you're tough and you walk in love anyway and you keep going, you win divine approval. Amen. They did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised because God had us in mind and had something better and greater in view for us so that they, these heroes and heroines of faith should not come to perfection apart from us before we could join them. Hallelujah. He postponed their reward. So he could get us in on it. Amen. Number, uh, <clears throat> you're in good company. Number eight, remember payday is coming. Payday is coming. Now, I want to talk about, you know, your, your payday is coming. God said that he's going to recompense you. He pays you back when somebody does you wrong. Amen. But I want to tell you something. Payday is also coming for them. In Isaiah 54, if they don't repent, payday's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we pray for mercy. We pray that mercy of God will uh, allow them time to repent. Amen. That the mercy of God will allow them time to repent. I'm telling you what, it's not enough for them to just get rehabilitated. It's not enough just to go to rehab. It's, they need to repent. They need to repent. I like Joyce Meyer. I mean, Joyce Meyer... Her dad, I mean, you ought to listen to her tapes about her testimony. I think Kathleen and Lawrence have them. You can ask Barnum. Hallelujah. But anyway, I mean, she goes into graphic detail. You don't listen to them if you're weak. But she goes in, her dad abused her physically and sexually. And she had, she confronted him. And he wouldn't repent. And the Lord told her, don't even go near him until he repents. I mean, there comes a time when you show mercy and you keep loving. Those are times when you remove yourself from the situation. And you know what? His, his, her father did finally repent. Now her mother and dad are both saved. Amen. And her daddy told her, he repented, but he said, You know, I, it was so, I was so raised in that incest stuff. And there's a lot of people in this part of the world, I guess every part, but we know that 
I was so raised in that incest stuff, it was so much a part of my life that I didn't even realize it was wrong. It was just what people did. But I tell you, if he had not repented, the mercy of God, had, he gave, gave him time to repent. Had he not repented, payday's coming. You know, we preach in this church, no condemnation. God's not slapping you. But I'm telling you, don't ever forget it. There is a judgment day coming. We can send away our day of grace. Right now is a day of grace. Yeah, you've got time to repent. There's time to repent right now. But there's, day, there's a day coming when there will be no more time to repent. Isaiah 54, verse 14. And this is good things to claim when you are going through persecution. 54, 14. You shall establish yourself in righteousness, rightness, in conformity to God's will and order. You shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. I'll tell you what. When persecution comes to you, don't bow down and fear it. Stand up and look them in the eye. Behold, they may gather together and stir up strife, but it is not from me. Say that. It is not. It is not from me. It is not from God. Hallelujah. It's not from Him. Hallelujah. What they've done to you didn't come from Him. Verse 17, it says, But no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Say that with me. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. And I'll read it to you. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, listen to this, you shall show to be in the wrong. The peace, this peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. I want to tell you something, though. They will be shown to be in the wrong. The things that happened to us in 1985, those people were shown to be in the wrong. Actually, though, we had already moved to Alabama. Most people in town had already forgot it. Sometimes it takes a while for them to be shown to be in the wrong. Don't sit around waiting to get your victory for God to show them to be in the wrong. They'll be shown to be in the wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Number nine, continue in the things you have learned. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Well, this is where it says if you uh, uh, are godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. And he tells us there, he goes on to say, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But what does he tell us to do? Continue in the things which thou hast learned. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it, and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Continue in the things which you have learned. Number 10, live in the book, 2 Timothy 3.15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. We need to continue in what we've learned and stay with the word of God. Don't let persecution turn you back. Don't let persecution cause you to back down on your doctrine. Never form your doctrine based on, never form your doctrine based on the crisis or tribulation you're going through. Don't change your doctrine when you're going through a, 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 a physical attack. Don't change your doctrine when you're going through a financial attack. That's not the time to form doctrine. And don't, here, let me say this, don't get your doctrine off the internet. 
You know, you need to stick with the tried and the true and the faith. You can find all sorts. You can, you can prove anything you want to on the internet. Man, you can be a space cadet by Friday. I mean, you can be so spaced out, so into... i tell you what. Whew. Okay, number 11, Hebrews 11, 24 and 27. Uh, this was what Moses did. And I'm, while I'm winding down, I don't have 15 more. Y'all will be glad to know. Hebrews 11, 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Right now, when there's no persecution much, convince yourself right now that the reproach of Jesus Christ is better than anything this world has to offer. The reproach is better. You need to decide now that the reproach, if I have to suffer reproach, decide now. You need to decide now if they put a gun to my head, I'm not going to deny my Lord. Decide now. Don't wait till it's that. Decide now. Make the decision now. Besides, I got news for you. The Bible says you will not see death. You will not see death. Not, that doesn't mean they might not kill you. That just means... You'll go, you'll just slip out of your body before the bullet enters. Hallelujah. You won't see it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Number 12, pray for your persecutors. Pray for mercy. Family, we sow mercy because we might need it sometime. <laughs> You've had mercy before. And I'll tell you something, you may need it again. And we need to make sure we've sowed it so we can reap it. Hallelujah. So we sow it. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 5.44 says, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. So you have to love them. How do you do that? Just choose. You don't go by feelings. You may feel, but see, you've got to remember, your feelings are in the emotion realm. They're in the senses realm. So you choose. By an act of my will, I love them. I speak love to them. And I bless them. Father, I ask you to bless this person. Bring blessings to their life. And pray for them. Pray for mercy. Pray God will lead them to repentance. Pray God will open their eyes and show them what they're doing. Amen. Glory to God. And you need to know that when somebody is uh, persecuting severely, they're close to getting saved. Or they're close to getting filled with the Spirit. Or they're close to, you know, think about Paul. I mean, nobody was worse persecutor. Look how close he was. Look how close he was to being saved and filled with the Spirit and being the preacher of righteousness and, and writing the whole New Testament practically. Look how close he was. The more they persecute you, the closer they are. I tell you, sometimes one reason people persecute you is because they're fighting the call of God on their life. They got a call. And they'll persecute you because of it. Hallelujah. And if they're persecuting you, they're close. They're close to getting saved. They're close to getting filled. The devil's fighting them and they're fighting you. Number 13. No, this is the last one. When you are persecuted, leap for joy. Turn to Luke chapter 6. And we're closing. Luke chapter 6. I don't know anybody that does this. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter... I can't find Luke. I keep going to Luke 10, then back to Mark. Luke 10. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, verse 22. 
Uh, it says, uh, Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Everybody, let's stand up together. Stand up right now. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, listen, look at somebody and say, you're past due for a leap. Hallelujah. Look at the other side. Turn the other way. Turn the other way. Say, you're past due for a leap. Okay, now, on the count of three, on the count of three, you've been persecuted, and you didn't do it when you were supposed to. You've been, how many of you, how many in here, some, who in here has never been persecuted? Who in here has never been persecuted? I know you have. Hallelujah. Okay, one, you don't have to leap very high. If that was the requirement, I'd have to bail out. One, two, three. Praise God. Okay, Eric. Come on. He didn't by himself now. One. Let's do it with him, okay? We'll give him another chance. One, two, three. Come on. His feet never left the ground. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what? His mother, his mother has always kept the persecution off of him. I've been taking the hits for him. Hallelujah. Really and truly. I mean, it's like, don't mess with my passion, my little passion, you know. Hallelujah. No, my kids have had a little bit of persecution, not very severe, but there is some persecution for men, pastors, children sometimes, not too often. They've been, they've been blessed. I'll say they've been blessed. We've had good people. Amen. But there has been occasions, little bitty things. Hallelujah. Well, we didn't do all of that verse. Were you joyful when you leaped? Well, let's just praise him a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for our reward that's in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for our uh, Father, for the spiritual family that we have, the spiritual fathers that we have. Thank you, Lord God, that you've given us the hundredfold for anything that we've ever given up for you, God.